Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Colin Brain, and I am joined by Richard Polly. Hello there. It is the Irish Dream Team on their own today. Back again. Uh, back again. And what we're going to discuss today, mainly, is the uh, Separatist faction. Rich, I know you've been looking around for some Separatist lists. What have you found that's caught your eye? So recently there's been a, a new one. I say new. Uh, I've, it's come to my attention over the last couple of days, which is um, Double Infiltrators, which I know a few of the lads in Element have been flying two Infiltrators with the General Grievous and the and the Belbalab or you know, a couple of infiltrators, or I think Bob even flew three and talked about it um, a mm-hmm. while ago when they first came out. But there's this uh, this newish list that's two, which is basically Darth Maul and, and Count Dooku, both with hate, both with proton torpedoes, you know, one with the probe droids. So they're, they're both loaded down to the gills. They've still got a 10-point bid. And it's come out of, come to my attention over the last couple of days because it's won a hyperspace trial in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big ones, um, the North Carolina, I'm going to say, hyperspace trial, which has a, a lot of big names in the American X-Wing scene playing at it. And I've been chatting it, chatting about it with a few people online, and uh, they've basically said it's it's a horrific list to play against because you can't shut down a section economy. It gets target locks really early because of the probe droids, and then it just nukes things off the board, and it's a, it's a toughie to play against. But I think so that, the gist yeah, of it is basically it's two double-modded proton torps on the first turn. Of combat, horrible. Right. It's it's reminiscent of like jump masters, isn't it? That Dengar Tell kind of just cruising in with double modded proton torps, just constantly just firing them at you. It's um it's a bit horrific, especially since if you try and block them, they've got force and stuff anyway, and you know they can then the next turn five k over the top of you and be a mile away, and you're behind them or they're behind you because they've stressed you, because they've got Chancellor Palpatine handing stress out every time you shoot them. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's one of those lists that you look at it and you think, oh, that can't be that bad. It's just two big base ships with fixed arcs. And then you start to think through and head sim the various effects that are going to trigger every time you shoot at them. Um, so Mole's double tapping, you know, Grievous is doing his cloak um, and then getting to shoot you and then cloaking again anyway. So he's always got loads and loads of dice. They're handed stress out with Palpatine. They're regenning their force constantly with hate. So you're never gonna, you know, run them out of, of force, even if you do manage to focus fire on them. It's just one of those lists that seems really, really strong um, in terms of the combos it brings. So a couple of things that jump out to me is one, it's got ten health and one agility. So even though it's got lots and lots of force for modding its green dice, like you're still going to be able to punch through it quick enough, right? Like, it can't survive sustained focus fire. Yeah, I think that's true for Maul. But I think Dooku is normally, you know, got all that force and three agility because he's usually cloaked because of his ability to, you know, remove a blue token after he's the subject of an attack. So you attack him and he's cloaked. He then spends a force to remove his cloak token so that he can attack you at his initiative. And then he cloaks again immediately afterwards, so he's only uncloaked during his initiative step. But is the and simple so, answer to that just you don't attack him? Yeah, I think I think there's ways to play ball. around it. Yeah, I don't think it's an unbeatable list. Um, I think in the hands of a very strong player, it'll be difficult. I think it, like anything that's got two or three ships, or even well, I say two or three ships, two ships, 
it's reliant on the ability of the player to get the best out of it. Because, you know, if you get your engage wrong and one ship gets engaged by everything on your opponent's list, you know, when the first engage and somebody's left hanging out, you're going to lose. So you've got to get those those engages spot on. Uh, but in the hands of a good player, I think it'll be a really strong list. Yeah. So I think I flew against this actually in Denver and I was flying five A-wings and I managed to win against it. And I think there are a couple of things you can do if you've got, like, lots of ships. So, so they had the probe droids and they were... You know, use those to lock one of the A-wings to try and nuke it off in the initial engagement. But I just used that one to block. And then that way, they weren't able to shoot us. So, like, I think the more ships you have, the more ways around it there are. I do also wonder about things like gas clouds. You know, like, how effective is a two-proton torpedo alpha strike where if you can, you know, if they go for, say, you're flying triple Imperial Aces, which is a list that's doing well, like something like Vader, Suntir, Duchess. Mm-hmm. You just try and hide in behind the gas clouds, and that way, like the proton torps, they're scary, but they're not that scary. And once those are all gone, I feel it is, as a list, a little bit underwhelming, especially because you can arc dodge all the way around them yeah, if, you, if you're higher initiative. Because they are just big ships with it reliant on their forward arc, which traditionally have struggled a little bit. Yeah, I know Will, when he's talked about flying separatists and the um, specifically the infiltrators. He's kind of gone on at a great length about the two sloops on the on the big base ships. So I think they're tough to arc dodge them because they've got so many different options for turning around. So sloops in five Ks, and you know then they can just massively disengage. Um, mm-hmm. Plus they can cloak and decloak, so they can be moving around. So you might successfully arc dodge them and get some out of arc shots on one turn, but then the next turn you've got to disengage and set it up again. So it's a it's definitely a pit game that requires patience. Yeah, um, and it's not one where you're just going to fly at them and you come off the board with your list because they'll just completely stress everybody and then jump over the top of you and, and they'll be behind you. Something like a Rebel Alpha might be able to do that, though. Yeah. Just wedge Lukes with Torps. I think also they're very weak to tight rock formations. I've seen mm-hmm. flying against them. It's just like... Because generally then you can say, well, they can't 5K or they can't two-sloop left because of where the rocks are. So you know mm-hmm. they're two-slooping right and then that lets you play around. It's interesting that we're thinking about not, you know, it's not the the list itself that you're kind of looking at the list and thinking this is really strong if there's no rocks and you just fly straight at it. Yeah. But then all of the other stuff in the game that makes the game a game, the rock placement, turn zero, you know, deployment, firing priorities, um, all that kind of stuff is is where you're thinking about how you're going to beat this. Um, And I think Separatist faction in general, I know last week, I played against another separatist list that on the surface of it just looked like absolute nonsense jank, but it was just constantly modifying his dice and my dice and it was it was awful. And it feels like one of those this might be one of those lists where if you come up against it and you're not prepared for it, you just won't know what it can do. Um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the separatist stuff is like that at the moment. You know, modifying other people's dice and other ships' dice and turning things from one result to another result and you've no idea what's going on really and you just spent half the time going you know can can you just explain to me again how you did that and they show you the cards and you go all right okay (laughs) yeah it's definitely a list and a faction that i think we need to practice and prepare against otherwise it will just be torturous every time you play against a separatist list because you'll just be confused on that note were there any upgrades that stand out as being particularly effective I think the, those probe droids are amazing. The 
ones where you just launch them out and get target locks and jams off them. On the on the other separatist lists, the buzz droids were something that you really had to think about when you, just because they were there, you didn't want to land in range three of the ship that was carrying them. Um, so I, I think those are both interesting little game mechanics. But I think the probe droids are going to see regular play. I think they'll become a staple of separatist lists because just being able to fly them across the board and then people can get target locked by, you know, if you're within range three of something that your opponent doesn't care about because it's a, whatever it is, a three-point upgrade. Yeah, so, well, six points. Six um, points. And just so we're clear, I'm looking up probe droids because I'm not sure exactly how they work. So during the end phase, you spend a charge and you launch one using a th- speed three template. So speed three straightforward. And then at the system phase, you can relocate it using a two bank or a two straight from any one of... It's a... Um, it's pentagonal, I think, and so it's got five sides that you can move it around with in those speed two directions. So it can oh. go quite far, quite fast. Uh, yeah. Because I was yeah, slightly that's... worried maybe you'll launch them, but it won't really matter because you're kind of engaging as soon as they're in range for you to be taking the locks anyway, which I think is a potentially a way to punish it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do move quite fast. If, if those infiltrators do like a three or a four or a Five forward, you know, if they do a fast move um, off the bat and then launch those forward in the end phase, then it's the end phase. So the next turn, if they've launched them towards you, you've no chance of getting away from them to or to shoot them um, because they're shooting. They, you know, they're launched after the combat. So yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to head him how you would get around it, and it feels like you need to just deploy away from them or or just try and disengage from it entirely. But yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, if you can do that without just getting yourself out of position, I suppose. Yeah. I do think one of the strongest factors of them is the jam. Being able to yeah. jam from across the board is very strong. Because oh, So yeah. going back to what I said about big ships with arcs, like my time with the Upsilon shuttle, I've not played that many games in 2.0 with it. But, you know, if you generally what comes in, you come in and you get your engage and you have to fly away while you can re-engage. But biohexacrypt codes with the Upsilon, letting you jam each turn, even though you're not engaging in the fight, you're still having an impact. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the infiltrators are slightly different because they're a lot more maneuverable and they've got able to turn around a lot better. But I do think that is something that's quite strong. Although, of course, it has to be on the only ship that can be using it is the Scimitar, the one with the actual title. Yeah. I mean, jam. I was just thinking about that if you've got Grievous, I'm um, not Grievous, Konduku has the Scimitar title, and then you get a target lock on the initial engage and the probe droid's still there, then he flies across and he's got four force if you include Palpatines, I think, or maybe three, plus a four. target lock. So he's got a target lock and four force, and then as his action, he's jamming using the probe droid, whatever you're targeting, if it, if it happens to be hanging out near that near that probe droid that turn. Um, so not only are you eating a four dice double modded torpedo, you've also got no green token to help to protect against it. So it's a horrible combination there, isn't there? Yeah. Do you think you ever attack probe droids if there's ever anything else in range? Probably not, right? Uh, I don't know. Like, I want to say that's entirely situational, which is the least helpful answer. I think if there's nothing else in range, you take a pot shot at them, because why wouldn't you? If there's something else in range, I think if removing the ability for them to target lock or jam you from it is mm. higher value than taking a I don't know, range three pot shot at something that's got defensive tokens, 
I guess it might be worthwhile because it it gives so much board control. It's like you don't want to fly into somewhere where that probe droid might be because then you know they can jam you, um, screw you over in other ways, and fly away, take target locks while they're disengaged and stuff. So it's I think it's a really powerful upgrade because it screws with your targeting priority. But I can definitely see situations where I might want to shoot it, but I would never shoot it if I had you know range two against that or range two against a, an enemy ship, and I had mods on both of them, I would definitely yeah. shoot, you know, put the put the damage into the ship, not the droid. Yeah. I think the probe droids are definitely something I'm going to try. So Darren Granger, friend of the Sith Takers, has been doing quite well with running an infiltrator and several vulture droids, and he's just been, you know, quite a fat maul. And then the cheapest droids with uh, energy shell missiles... And I think I'm going to try that, maybe, where you can run mm-hmm. five of them with energy shell missiles, and then you can get Maul, Hate, Probe Droids, and Grievous Crew, and you've still got a little bit of a bid. I think that sounds like it could potentially be quite strong. Good. But moving on to, you know, talking about this, I think you have to talk about the Vulture Droids a little bit. Do you have any impressions of these guys so far, Rich? I've played against them twice, and both times they've just seemed to be immortal. So that's <laughs> maybe skewed my perception of them. I've seen people who've got them out, played them a couple of times and put them away and said, these are dreadful, I'm never going to touch them again. And then you've got people like um, Simon Fullerlove up in Harlequins, who's flying a swarm of eight of them yeah. um, with energy shells. And he did really well at the system open with that list. I think it was the system open. I think he um, made the quarter system open. Yeah. yeah, he did with um, with the eight vulture droids, four I1s and four I3s. So, you know, there's something to them. I'm just, uh, they, they seem a bit binary in whether people like them or hate them, depending on how well they've rolled red and green dice the first few times they've played with them. Yeah, um, I think that's fair, because... You know, you say that you found them immortal. I found them to just pop immediately without doing anything. And I think that is potentially an issue with them is that they are a little bit dicey. Like yeah. you've got nothing with, nothing like Hellrunner for their red dice and their green dice can go pop. But that's why I was thinking, you know, probe droids with them and that way they're rolling in on the first round potentially with, you know, with locks and calculates. Yeah. And the yeah, tactical relay nasty. I've been most impressed with is K2B4 which is the one that reads, while a friendly ship arranged not to three defends, it may spend one calculate token. If it does, add an evade result unless the attacker chooses to gain a strain. So that's quite a good way of keeping them alive. I've been much more mm-hmm. impressed by that than something like Kraken or the one that gives them basically crack shot if they spend a force or spend yeah. a calculate rather. Yeah, I need to play against more separatist stuff because most of these things I've, I've heard of but I've no idea what they're like mm-hmm. in play. And that's the only way, really, that you can learn how to play against stuff is to actually see it across from you on the table or, or play as it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the one thing I've noticed about Vulture Droids is that people just aren't touching grappling struts. You know, it's three-point upgrade that everybody was going absolutely mad for when it was spoiled because it's thematic and, you know, people freaking out about the fact that they'd just be turreting, you know, land, landing on all the rocks and just creating overlapping arced fields of fire that you couldn't get out of. And they just haven't appeared at all i don't think um uh, yeah I, I think people overestimated one like how good that is i think even like if it was zero points obviously you'd take it because why not but i still think the situations in which you'd actually use it are very very low you know they have to come down to be yeah. usable in my opinion i think i think it will i think it'll drop it'll hit get a points drop in the next 
yeah. thing. I think other questions when it comes to drones is just kind of two key questions in my mind, which is, do you go for the initiative one or the initiative three? And do you go for energy shell charges or not? So for, looking at the first one, I think initiative three is a very valuable place to be compared to one because there's just a lot of stuff at two that you mm. all of a sudden you are, can initiative kill. And because the drones are so fragile, they're in a place where they can get initiative killed themselves quite quickly. Yep. So I think threes are definitely an interesting place to look. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the only advantage to running everything at one is just board control, isn't it? You're moving everything before they're moving, so you're never, in theory, going to get bumped because uh, you've you've got the perfect information for what the board state's going to look like when you start moving your pieces. But mm. yeah, as you say, you've then got you know eight or more ships that can just get nuked off the board by something um, before they get a chance to do anything. Yeah, and then. I'm going to just briefly touch on the second question because I think really I need to go and do some maths is if you look at the energy shell charges, if you get five of those, basically you're trading those for an extra droid and it's like which of those does more damage because obviously in the initial engage you're rolling more dice with the energy shell charges and you're generating those crits but then the question is do you ever get the chance to reload them and even if you do, like, is, does having the extra ship mean you do more damage in the long term? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think potentially yes, but I'm not it, sure. It, it feels like you don't ever reload energy shell charges because the ships are so fragile that if you try to disengage to get to a point where you're going to be willing to take the disarm token um, from reloading, that you're probably just out of the fight and you're probably going to die in a minute anyway. Yeah. So. Although I do some, like, not always, but their, their means of turning around isn't great in my opinion. They've got a 1k and they've got the two talons. So in all cases, they do kind of have to disengage fully and then come back around. So maybe there is a window there. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I think I'm going to have you know, spend the next few weeks flying separatists and see how it goes. So maybe we'll report back in a few weeks and give some updated thoughts. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. I'll give you a couple of games. Yeah. Alright, well that's all for today. So it is goodbye from Rich. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah.